There is a thin veil that protects humanity from the horrors and darkness of the other. Within the other lives everything that our minds can bring to imagination. Or maybe it is not imagination at all, and just a thinly veiled reality that our mind cannot believe to be true. The veil is the will of humanity to protect the innocent from the dangerous and the horrible. A pursuit to ensure that the darkness of the other does not consume the world. The vanguard are those who uphold the veil, who know the truth of the horrors and fight it every day to protect the innocent. They must ensure that the balance is maintained and the darkness held at bay. We are the vanguard of the veil. Welcome everyone to another session of the Vanguard of the Veil, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast powered by the Apocalypse System. I am your keeper, Fred, and our pronouns are he, him. And joining with us today, Steph. It's a me, Steph. I am Play Artemisia, and my pronouns are she, her. Josh. Hello, it's me. I'm Josh. I play Spin. Our pronouns are he, him. Mamma mia. Matthew. Wahoo! <laughs> it's a me, Matthew. I play uh, Professor Gunderson. Our pronouns is uh, uh, him. The pronoun is a spicy meatball. Uh, hi, I'm Alex. I play Deandra. My pronouns are both, and Deandra is she, her. Oh, man, I almost messed up that intro. I had to, like, think for a second. There was a pause. There was a moment. I'm going to need you to, like, cut out that pregnant pause right there. (laughs) And uh, that would have been a horrible segue. I was going to be like, and talking about pregnant pauses, Matthew Morris. Matthew. Hey, what's up? Do do the thing. On the last episode of Vanguard of the Veil, having returned from beyond the veil, the hunters have been preparing themselves to battle against the demons that have invaded their world. Artemisia has nightmares of a black sky with no stars and a sun in perpetual perpetual eclipse, similar to what the hunters had seen on the other side. Spin gets a call from Chad or Terry. <laughs> I don't remember which one. And several people have been taken hostage in Brownstone Hall, including Professor Radikins. The hunters head over and find a well-dressed, nondescript European man smoking a hand-rolled cigarette, the most evil of smoking implements. On their guard, the hunters realize the man isn't human and seize the initiative. Spin leaps into hand-to-hand combat with the creature. Gunderson makes a bomb. Deandra prepares to banish the creature, and Artemisia keeps Spin alive before completing the banishment. The hunters return to free the hostages, and Professor Radikind informs Gunderson that he can learn more from the secret tomes kept in the library, and Jean can help him find it. Oh, you forgot the most important part. Uh, yeah. Which was? You got shiny <laughs> pants. And, shoes. And Deandra got a new pant. Oh, yep. and shoes. And shoes. And shoes. I, I forgot That's about new, that. I got new shoes and new pants. Yeah, so she, yeah, she's got like really shiny shoes, nice pants, and then like her dirty ass old original clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what can you describe that for me? What What do you have on top of your new shoes and pants? Like what? what oh, are you like it's a brown button up that used to be white and then like a trench coat. <laughs> It's like brown, red leather, but like kind of worn. So like there's just creases all over. It's just like awful. Might be flaking. Yeah, flaking. It's just bad. It's just a bad, bad, bad trench coat. <laughs> uh, 
Spin, where where should I go? Where should I take everybody? I, is it safe? Uh, this is Chad talking to you. I guess it's safe. Well, where are you guys staying? Uh, should, should we just go back to our dorms? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess if it's safe, um, what do you like? Are they terrorists? Like, who were those people? Chad seen us. Yeah, but he he so he didn't the the people that you fought against mm-hmm. were presenting like as humans, right? Right. When you first so they're like in this situation, you know, they they he is probably not aware of who the antagonists are, and and ultimately Chad's only seen what the RoboCop. Did we rescued him from the plant monster. You rescued him from the plant monster. Oh, I guess that's fair. And, yeah. and so though he's seen he's the RoboCop and he's also seen the 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 coups because Chad might have been there when the coups yeah, thing happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Like all of the, uh, I guess, demonified or zombified people at like the coups rave. Yeah, and Demon J. Polly Demon. Yeah. <laughs> Demon J. Polly Demon. That's what the D and DJ stands for. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Demon jockeys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, if you say it's safe, uh, we'll we'll go back to the dorms and uh, just be careful out there, Spin. Oh yeah, yeah, I got this. That'll be great. Professor Radikins comes up to you, Gunderson. I, I don't remember what my accent is, but we'll just go with this for now. <laughs> Quickly, uh, you must help me get to the library. We must see if Gene is okay. All right, if you insist. Dennis, I'm gonna need you to help me. Uh, my leg is pretty banged up. Um, of course, I probably can fashion you some sort of bionic leg replacement. Dennis, we don't have enough time. I just... I work very... Hang on to me. I work very quickly. Hold me, Dennis. Oh. Uh, no. Okay. And and she kind of like just holds on to you like, you know, just leaning on you as she kind of limps. She already had a bit of a limp. Is it like Correct. worse than normal or is she just kind of like, is she playing it up? I want to read a bad situation. Okay, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to roll well. We'll see. <laughs> read a bad situation. This is a good situation. I got a natural 10, so. Oh, you, so you do recall that she had a limp originally, um, and she seems to be kind of playing it up. You don't see any, like, visible injuries. Um, I mean, she's probably been tossed a little bit, but uh, you don't think that she's been injured per se. So maybe she has ulterior motives. All right, Fred, let's give me give it to me straight. Scale of one to ten. Compatibility wise. We're not talking about how attractive, but how, compatibility wise, Radikins Gunderson. I, I would say they're it the the solid, like, you know, seven to ten. Like I think they're pretty compatible. They're the, both. The scientific professors. basis is sound, you're saying. Correct. Yeah, they're both within a similar age range. They are both professors. They're within a standard deviation of what would be considered a healthy relationship, or at least one where there would be mutual interest. Okay. Sorry. Continue. I just want to know how I want to role play this. Okay. Well, let's let's get your group quickly and let's make haste. Hopefully, Gene is doing okay. Hopefully not. But yes, I see what you're saying. (laughs) We do have to get over there. And you see kind of Chad taking Terry and, and the other students kind of back towards the dormitory and the five of you head towards the library. Um, 
As you get closer to the, <clears throat> the library building, you can see that there are signs of kind of like a breaking and entering. Um, the door is kind of on its hinge. Uh, you come inside and it just looks like something came smashing through here. How would you like to proceed? Man, someone else read a bad situation. I'll read a bad situation. Let's fucking go, bitch. <laughs> I got a two, Fred. What do I see? Well, unfortunately, a two is a failure, but you do gain experience. Uh, but you are unable to read this situation, bad or otherwise, uh, to know uh, what is the best way in or what is waiting for you. Um, all of you see telltale signs of something that has come through here, or maybe multiple somethings. Um, but it is quite... Um, like empty. There's nobody in sight, monster or human. Like these are like big, heavy doors, right? Like, big, heavy doors. You know, there are like tables and chairs upturned. There are, you know, some bookcases that are kind of tilted over, leaning up others with books kind of strewn on the ground. Um, you don't see Gene Underwood, the librarian, um, but you know that there are like many rooms and possibly even like an underground or, you know, maybe second floor to this building. And we don't know what we're up against yet, right? Exactly. Correct. You have fought what you would understand as like a minion or lackey right. of this of. thing. Um, you right. know that from Professor Radikins that these demons, they are after a specific book uh, that Jean and maybe even Teresa, who is Professor Radikins, were aware of, and they kept this book here. And this book has some kind of significant importance that the demons are after. Okay, so I'm going to get, I'm going to roll investigate a mystery first. Okay, if that's okay. Absolutely. All right, so I roll with my sharp, and I got. An 11. Okay, so you get to ask two or three questions, I believe. So I'm going to ask, first and foremost, from what I see the damage done in this room, what kind of creature is it? Uh, yeah, so you can tell um, that it is definitely demonic in nature, but specifically um, there are telltale signs of, like, cuts or slashes in books and paper wood uh, that lead you to believe that this specific type of demon uh, is very animalistic or, or beast-like. Okay. All right. I guess I'm going to ask what happened here exactly. I know that you said they were looking for a book, but like, is there any other information I can gather from the scene as what happened here? Yeah. So you can tell um, from like the pathway that you can glean from the destroyed furniture. Uh, it looks like they have gone into um, the stairway. Uh, more than likely that leads down into like the um, more restricted books area where you would have to maybe um, sign in and, you know, get a specific amount of time, maybe even under superstition where they keep some of their more um, old, you know, books 
maybe uh, expensive books. Okay. I'm going to use my connect the dots hold that I had. Okay. And like examine the books because it was it was like going through these shelves, right? Or did it just like tear through this room? Uh, yeah, so it, it just kind of went through the room. You're not sure if it was maybe going through the shelves looking for the specific book or if it was just like wreaking havoc in here. Okay, I guess I'll save my hold then because if, the, if there's not a, um, a way to find out like what specific book it's looking for in this room, then I'll just save my hold until I can until I can figure that out. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna convey the information that I found out to the rest of the group and say it's a it's. There's a large animalistic demon and it went this way. Uh, Deanna, do you have any more of those demon ingredient packs? Um, I have one more woman with a plan, so yes, I do. <laughs> I have one more hold for that. Okay, so I will hand that over. I'm going to use my last hold for uh, woman with a plan to hand over my second demon extraction kit to Artemisia. So is there like a tactical plan that we should be going with going down there or just heading down the stairs? Let them know that we're coming. Because they already seem to know that we're coming, it's, right? What's the lighting situation down these stairs? Can we see? Are the lights still on? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the lights are still on. Um, it's probably like early evening, so it's probably starting to get dark outside. Oh, uh, well, I mean, find his books, and it looks like this is the way to go. So what do we... Okay, so... When we, if we, like, what do we do if we, like, you know, get there, like, we find the book, but we don't find the monster? I can... Go do some reconnaissance. I can go down there and look, see what's down there. You have to understand that this book is of great importance. We need to recover it, and we need to hide it. There is information in there that is of the utmost importance. What book is this? Tell me what book what this is. What is this called? Well, it goes by many names, but the one that we use, it is called the Acadian Accords. Ooh. It has great information. Like Nova Scotia? Uh, no, no. Uh, like the Akkadian Empire, the first ancient empire after the Sumerian Empire. Ah, those ones. Okay, not the people who made lobster rolls. Oh. No, no. Okay, okay. I, I do not believe that is the case. I was not a history back when classes were actually happening. Yes, Artemisia, we know. Fred, can uh, I check the the um, the card catalog? to see if it's uh, located somewhere in the card catalog. The assumption being that no one in the modern era would use the card catalog, therefore it is secret in its obscurity. What are you, are you rolling something for this? Like Investigative uh, history, mean, right? That's that's fine, yeah, that's, I, I, I would say if you could roll well, I will allow you oh, to do look this. At, look at you. Artemisia will look at you and be like, what's that? <laughs> I, I don't think I rolled well enough. I got uh, okay. I got an eight. Yeah, so partial success is still a success. Okay, that okay, means you only okay. get one question, and your question is, Where is the book? How do we locate? Oh. Yes, <laughs> Sorry, exactly. It's, uh, no, I have to ask one of those questions, don't I? I mean. Where did it go? <laughs> there it is. There it is. So you start rifling through a section of the Dewey Decimal System that is for the restricted books. Uh, and you could tell that there are uh, specific sections of the subterranean level where there are books uh, that are incredibly old and expensive, like original copy style books, like old Bibles, you know, old books from famous authors. Uh, First edition. you have a good feeling. Yeah, you have a good feeling that it, it, if anywhere, it would probably be close to there, if not specifically 
in that section. Now, you've been to the restricted book section in the basement floor, and there are like these rooms, like these plastic walled rooms within the basement floor that controls the the air and moisture to prevent the deterioration of these books and they require certain keys and so therefore it's 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 quite an ordeal to try to get into these rooms where these uh really old texts are from i think rather than just going down there it would be in our best interest to find the various red blue yellow and green key cards required to properly enter the space without causing damage to these most sacred tomes. Is there another way out of the basement than this way in that we're looking at? I would have to consult some sort of diagram blueprint of the library, or perhaps even a fire escape route map that might be located in the basement. Because what I'm thinking is, if we get into the air ducts and start a fire, we can smoke it out. Yes, but then we may damage the books if we do it that way. Would Jean have, like, all these key cards? Like, what if we find her first? Perhaps she has some sort of master key card. Yes, I, I believe Artemisia is onto something. Uh, I believe the key is Jean. We must find Jean. Okay, I'm if going we find to Jean. tune in to Jean. So Jean. Okay. Nine. So I get one hold. Yes. Uh, where is this thing right now? So yeah, you are kind of tuning into her and you go into like almost a state of panic and you can kind of feel the emotions and almost see the room. And she is uh, definitely in a room that has no windows. Uh, you can see like these almost glass-like walls and there are rows of books that are uh, oftentimes like in little cases or on top of like a book stand. Um, you have to assume that she is downstairs in this room. Yeah, she's down there. Like locked in there? I don't know. She's in one of the rooms with the glass walls, so maybe she's locked herself in. Maybe she's kind of safe, but we should probably find her first. Mm-hmm. Okay. I still vote fire. I am not a big fan of fire. <sighs> I could probably go through an air duct. Uh, I am sorry. Are you a student here? Who Who is this person who continues to try to burn down the library? I think this is a very bad idea. Ooh, don't ask too many questions. She's a... Oh, don't don't tell me that it's a bad idea. Because I get a plus one if I do exactly what you tell me not to do. She <laughs> <laughs> is a precocious individual. An American citizen in so many very specific ways. And she takes like one night class. Oh, sometimes. Got it. Okay, that makes I, sense. I, sleep, study I sleep in the science building on campus. Well, I I say we make haste. I can't imagine that Jean is safe right now if they are going after the book. Yeah, no, she did not seem good. All right, well, I, I can go down there and scout. Is that okay? Is everybody cool with me scouting now? Because... Want to take spin with you? Yeah, okay. I can. You want me to help you out? I can or, roll a help too out. Clanky. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you want, want to roll a help out, I was gonna, I was gonna use my often overlooked ability, Fred. If I yeah, could try that, absolutely. Um, you have to roll anything. Okay. For so it? yeah. So I roll plus a, a weird, and I'm gonna like stumble in there acting all wild. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna roll plus my weird. 
I got another 11. Um, so on a plus 10, I'm regarded as unthreatening and unimportant. So I am going to unthreateningly and unimportantly stumble down the stairs into the basement. Okay. <laughs> and uh, murmur to myself about how the Skittles fruit lineup was a conspiracy <laughs> to con- mind control children. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to ramble about Skittles while I stumble down the stairs. If Spin wants to come with me. He's more than welcome to. I don't know how to protect him with my often overlooked thing, but I can just be sneaky. I can be sneaky. Okay. I don't have anything that jingles on me. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stumble down the stairs like uh, acting a slightly drunker than I really am, and murmuring. So the two of you make your way down the stairs, and you know these are just very standard stairs that you go down and you come to what looks like a busted open door. As you look into this room, you can see that there are several what look like a cage is the wrong word. Uh, They are just enclosures, glass or plexiglass walls uh, that are lit from within. And there seems to be some kind of magnetic locking system on the doors to these boxes, uh, these containers. But inside, you can see that there are shelves uh, and glass cases, stands with books on them. And you find yourself in the kind of like restricted book area where they probably keep the most expensive books. You can see that there is some kind of like HVAC system that is hooked up to these containers that seems to be controlling both the temperature and humidity uh, of these containers that these books are within. But as you kind of soak in all of these details of this room, uh, the most important detail, of course, are the two people that are in this room with you. Now, these two people, well, one of them has seemed to notice you, and this is Jean Underwood, known as the librarian of the Brown Community College Library. She is currently inside one of these containers, and you can see in her hand what look like key cards, more than likely what she used to enter into this container, and she has locked herself in. But on the outside of the container that she is in, and just hulking, breathing heavily, making throaty noises is an incredibly large, well, man is the wrong term. It has these incredibly large upper appendages that are kind of off kilter from the rest of its muscular body. And as it raises its arms to bang against the container, trying to get to Jean, you can see that there are two smaller arms underneath it. And before you, you can see its head. It's got these like horns that just go straight out to the side instead of curls like normal or upwards. And there are like these small like piercings uh, that kind of adorn it and they make small clinking noises as it shakes its head and it is just furiously trying to get into the container. It has not seen you yet. What would you like to do? We don't really have a way to communicate back upstairs unless we just go back up there, right? It's a text message. Um, I mean, you guys have, yeah, you guys have cell phones, Oh, I guess. no, 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 I mean, there's no way they're in the sub-basement and they have cell service. <laughs> That's wow. fair. Now, yeah, but keep, is there Wi-Fi? Yeah, they're, are, yeah. They using, are, they, are they using Wi-Fi calling? But, 
And does anybody upstairs have a cell phone? Me. Yeah, Artemisia probably does, yeah. All right, so I'm going to pull out my Nokia brick. and uh... <laughs> Definitely doesn't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> Absolutely does. I think I signal in the bleakest of places. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna text message those details up to um, the our, our text chain uh, <laughs> that we have going on. I think she would text like an old lady. So, like, being really stupid about texting, like putting period, uh, like saying the word period over, oh, or so like, like, or like, yeah, afterwards saying like deep from Deandra or something. Like, yes. it's a, like it's an email. This is this is Deandra. <laughs> yes. yes, every time. Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. every time. Artesia. This is Deandra. We are in the base of like a really long, like long-winded text at the end from Deandra. Yeah, that kind of. That's how I'm texting. I'm t- I'll text them the really long, drawn out. Way too much detail uh, version of what's going More on down here. More or less just amounts to come downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Instead yeah. of like taking a picture and sending it, you just like fully describe what you're seeing. It's just like <laughs> this really long text thread. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll send them the text and then I'll, I'll kind of like meander my way. Um, so like if action art is to happen, we have like a pincher move going on. So like kind of on the further side of this as long as i'm being still being unnoticed i'm gonna like move to the further side of this hulking beast man much to spin spin's surprise uh deandra just kind of walks carelessly into the room but you notice that she goes unnoticed this creature is definitely focused on gene and trying to break into this container and it will more than likely do so with you know the amount of time you know it probably has on its hands you know eventually it's going to break through but you would think that deandra literally walking like six feet away from this creature around the container just like onto the other side but no this demon does not notice deandra but Artemisia, Gunderson, and Professor Radikins join you um, at the bottom of the stairs outside of this room as you peer into the broken doorway. And now Deandra has found herself on the other side of this room from you guys. Uh, I would like to lead a bad situation. Absolutely. I want to investigate a mystery. Uh, that's an eight for me. Okay. So that is a partial success. What would you like to ask? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Uh, no. So as you kind of absorb the scene, you're picking up more details. And what you realize, not only does Jean have a set of card keys in her hands, she also has what looks like a book. But the book looks like it has been uh, damaged in some way, maybe a little torn. And you realize that this creature is trying to get through to her, but something must have happened prior to this, and and you don't know what, but there are no other dangers other than this hulking creature in front of you. Just a big thing. I uh, I got an 11 on Investigative Mystery. Okay. So it we you've described it to us, but I would like to know what sort of creature is it? Yeah, so this demon and from uh, what studies you've had in you know in demonology from your time with Professor Sobieski and your your time in the League of Pernicious Academia, uh, you know this as a Glabrezru. Glabrezru. It is a creature that has like 
pincher-like hands. Um, it has multiple arms, so it has four arms. And it is uh, kind of like, it is not a lesser demon, but it is an, also a greater demon. It's kind of like the middle of the pack type of demon. Definitely not somebody who you'd consider like uh, a leader. Um, so you are looking at a soldier, a foot soldier of the demon army. So it's a Machamp, okay. And uh, what can hurt it? You know that I, I think conventional weapons aren't gonna really phase this demon. Um, definitely magic or, you know, maybe some kind of mad science. Um, but uh, as we know, demons, they cannot die when they are in the material plane with us. They can only be kind of defeated and then banished back to their world. And you don't even know if there is a way to vanquish them on the other side as well. Um, you haven't really studied that part of demonology and there hasn't really been a lot of talk about demons being destroyed um, in the materials that you've read. So um, your best bet is to weaken him and then summon it or banish him back. Sounds like my best bet is to capture it, bring it back to the lab and study it there. That's fair. That That is another option. No one has figured out how to defeat it in the material plane yet. <laughs> That's true. Not enough science has been done to it. You no, know, there's been a lot of science, just not weird science. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can make another bomb. Well, I mean, I could make another bomb, but... Can I tell if the monster... Like, the book is torn and the person in the containment unit is trying to protect the book does it look like the the beast is trying to destroy the book or take the book it's it's hard to tell there has been very minimal communication between the two of them so you admits the lard banging of its like clawed arms against the container the demon has kind of like try to berate and or intimidate uh, the librarian into opening the door. Um, but you don't know if it's trying to destroy the book or if it's trying to just get the book from this person. Okay. Should we party? Party. Okay. Uh, can I borrow some fabric, Artemisia? Sure. Yeah, she like rips a piece off of her tutu. Hell yeah. And then I, like, you, you, guys, are, you guys are ready? Spain, if you will. Give me a moment. I'm going to see if I can fabricate myself some sort of weapon device thing I could use to do some good by doing some harm to this thing. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna wander off. <laughs> Wait, that's Deandra's thing. <laughs> I'm gonna wander off <laughs> a different direction and I'm gonna try and use my destructive genius feet to fashion a weapon. Just me spin Radicans hanging out like I got eyes on the eyes on the, the thing. I'm watching it and watching the thing. The case cage box. Open the door. Bangs against the wall. Look, give me the book and I will not harm you, librarian. Open this door now. You can see the librarian inside kind of stiffen up a little bit as if maybe trying to be brave, uh, but you could tell that she is visibly shooken. Um, she kind of clutches the book up to her chest um, and starts to back up and she bumps against the shelving behind her and she looks around and realizes that there is nowhere for her to go. And then for the briefest of moments, she sees Dennis Gunderson on the other end of the room. Waddling off to go find <laughs> 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 really, he was just tired of carrying radicans around. 
Well, now you're in for it. I have to say it. I was just distracting you until, well, until my rescuer came. And he is just banging against the walls. Open this door. I do not care about whoever is coming to rescue you. There is no escape from me. Oh, where are you going, Dennis? Why, why did Dennis leave? <laughs> can, we, can we hear her? I figure <laughs> yeah. she's in this like hermetically sealed room or something. Oh, it's, no, yeah. You can he, hear her. He'll just kind of like stop and like kind of look over his shoulder. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, Miss Underwood, I didn't see you there. Um, spin, attack! <laughs> the creature turns around and goes, Well, I'll make quick work of you and then back to the librarian. Okay, can I kick its ass? Absolutely. Okay. Eleven. Okay, so that's a success. Sick. How do you kick its ass? I kick its ass by deal damage to it a little bit, and I am going to give one forward to another hunter, which will be Gunderson. What's it a forward for? Plus one forward to what? You plus one forward to another hunter. To any roll. To any roll you want. Any roll one time. And I give that advantage by using the fabric from Artemisia's tutu to try to catch it by the head. So he turns, he's like, oh, I'll make short work of, and then I have appeared kind of like sliding like through its like arm thing or whatever like you know that and i have wrapped its head in the tool and i'm like trying to like make it fall on its ass so you're like behind it yeah like trying to blindfold so that is how you're presenting the plus one for it got it so yeah and as you do so and you kind of like you know, get a, maybe a couple of hits in and then you wrap him in the in the cloth. Uh, you get behind it and you try to like position it for Gunderson. Um, it immediately reacts by slamming you up against the glass wall behind you. Um, and you're going to take three points of physical harm. Okay. But I assume with your armor and I think you're up to three, right? You could negate three. Yes. So yeah, you're... Uh, body hardens as you uh, kind of go into fight mode and your body just crunches up against this like plexiglass thick wall and you could just feel it kind of crack and and just give away a little bit underneath you like you probably hitting this several times you would eventually get through this incredibly thick plastic wall. Um, And now you are grappling him, providing an advantage to the next hunter or to Gunderson specifically. Yeah. Would anybody like to go? Fred, I would like to uh, use my... Oh, sorry, I did already... I already rolled for Destructive Genius. Uh, And I got an eight. Okay, partial success. So on a seven to nine, I create something that is one harm, magic, close, loud, one use, and I can choose one item from the list below. For funsies, I'm going to add healing and messy. (laughs) So it is a one, it heals one harm. It's messy and it's magic and close and loud, and I can only use it once. So I have modified a fire extinguisher that I have found. Interesting. Spray okay. Healing, f- just this thick globules of white healing foam. 
Nice. <laughs> um, okay, so and and now do you is does that count as your turn yeah, or yeah, are you yeah, expending yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. So Gunderson comes around from the corner with what looks like a modified fire extinguisher uh, and holds there. Deandra and Artemisia, you have a go. Uh, I was just gonna light his ass up fire so do it to it do it alex if you want to go before that does the thing moved away from the the glass enclosure or are they still pretty close to the door i mean they're close to the door but i wouldn't consider it obstructive to like your attempts to maybe get to the door so if you had something in mind is it facing in the direction of the door and me since i was on the other side of it like could i get to the door unseen at the moment um i would say that you can still utilize the fact that you are very like unremarkable like it is probably not going to notice you go towards the door it is currently in grips with spin and gunnerson's coming around the corner with this weird contraption i, I think you will kind of go through unnoticed unless you okay. botch the roll right okay so i'm going to try to like get past it towards the door um muttering something like if mk ultra tastes like anything it would taste like an apple um <laughs> and <laughs> um uh, what do you want me to roll like act under pressure or do what, you want me to what, roll? what are what is your purpose are you trying to convince gene to come out of the container or yeah like i'm trying to like what i want to do is i want to get to the door and then like escort this person away from the situation while the rest of the team deals with it um but i still want to be like unnoticed when i get to the door so like not drawing attention i i, I don't think you're going to draw attention i don't think you need to okay. roll for that what i would okay. like for you to roll is either a manipulate someone or protect someone uh to try to get this person out of the container especially since you don't know them okay i will roll a manipulate someone because my protect someone is awful okay so i'm going to roll that Ooh, three more. i got an eight so eight is a partial success how do you as a person wearing shiny shoes clean pants <laughs> and pants. a dirty trench coat who is not a student at this school and has never met the librarian Jean Underwood going to convince her to come out of this container while Spin is grappling a demon. I, I guess I'm still like muttering about something, but like I'm gonna like kind of mutter at her. But like we can only do this as a team. We can we can get out of here. We got one person doing this. We got another person doing that. And then all you, know, you have to do is come with me, and then we can just get out of here. We can just go over there, and then get. Uh, there's ways out of here. We can sneak out of here. You know, just kind of like still in my like muttering rant. But like trying to rant toward her. Come with me like, if you want to save to... the books. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, save the come with me because like the, we, the books are fine. Then come with me, and then because it's looking that way, and like they're they're making a bomb or something. Well, if you if you work with Dennis, I, I think I can trust you. And uh, she will open the doorway, and you start to escort her uh, towards the other side or towards Gunderson. Um, but now Jean is outside. You can see the book. The book is incredibly old. Um, just the the paper and, and the bindings and everything. Um, you can see that it is damaged, um, like pages have been torn out of it. Uh, there are markings on the leather of the outer casing. Um, but she has kind of like a death grip on it. And she follows you. She follows you out. Is it older than Gunderson? Uh, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, so I'm going to like try to lead her in a roundabout way that's going to be like away from this, the fight going on as much as possible. Um, just trying to get her and the book out of the basement. Okay. Now, unfortunately, because you were partially successful, your ability to, ability to be unremarkable has been taken away. The demon okay. is aware of both you and Jean and the fact that the book is now out. Artemisia has one turn before the creature gets to act. Uh, Artemisia's gonna yell, hey bitch, stop trying to stand in the way of true love. <laughs> gonna attack him with magic. <laughs> Just trying to get a book. Alrighty. So that was a nine. Um, so I'm just doing a, a use magic. Uh, I'm using my hex ability as well. Uh, so I think a nine is a success, right? Yeah. Yes, nine is a partial yes. success. Yes. Okay. Great. So with a nine, so he's gonna, t- uh, and then with the hex ability on top of that, he's going to take three harm. Okay. Uh, magic ignore armor. Great, great. So you do notice that it it does take a damage from this attack. Now, is there a glitch when it yes. when it's partially successful? Great. Would you like to choose the glitch? Uh, yeah, sure. So so Artemisia, yeah, she like screams, and you know her own personal wind kind of kicks up, and she starts to float like a little bit above the floor, and her eyes flash black. And then she launches this black lightning out of her fingers at the demon, but she ends up like I I imagine like because of this like black lightning slash fire damage that the cloth, the material that you provided spin is no longer there and he has broken free from the binding. And unfortunately, Gunderson loses that plus one forward because it wasn't used in the time frame before that uh, has happened. Now that it is free, it kind of just like starts rampaging towards Deandra. And you now spin, you have an opportunity to spend your next turn to do a preventative protect someone, but it is going to act. Uh, and I need Deandra to act under pressure. Okay. So I can protect someone like right now? Yep. I'm going to do that. I roll so big on these. I rolled a six. To that's perfect. Thank you. Because that's going to affect spin. No. <laughs> Sorry. You get experience. But I get experience. You get yes. experience. Exactly. Two plus, I get a 10. I protect someone. Uh, on a 10, I get to choose two protect someone options. What are those options? I choose that I hold the enemy back and I suffer little harm. Great. So the demon creature with the clawed arms uh, goes for Jean. Uh, with Deandra uh, in front of her and Spin immediately acts into just the swiftest of motions. Now, Deandra jumps out of the way and places kind of like Jean in danger, but uh, Spin kind of immediately gets in front of the creature in between Jean and Deandra and the creature. Uh, but because of uh, Deandra's failed role, you are going to, you as in Spin, are going to get knocked into one of these book boxes and the door closes on you. And now you are trapped inside. You took three harm, but you even take less harm. So you actually don't take any harm. Uh, but now you are kind of contained at least for the round which you have spent your turn so now Deandra Artemisia and Gunderson will have an opportunity to go 
Deandra goes unscathed, but Spin is kind of taken out of action for a turn, if not longer. This is Fred's dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this the same one that kind of got knocked earlier that is maybe a bit damaged? What's that? The, the like, book box, the wall. Oh, correct. Yes, this is the one that they came out of. So the very same one he got knocked into and is now trapped in that one. And you could kind of hear, like, the locking mechanism click as like these metal bars slide through the door into the wall and only the magnetic key that gene has will probably be able to open it fred or magic Mm. yeah that's fair fred i would feel remiss if i didn't ask a very important question related to the situation and that is uh did professor radikins do anything on her turn that's a great question uh i'm glad that you asked that um so let's see you could say you could say you could say no, but that's fine too. <laughs> no, no, it's it's funny because at the same time that Gunderson kind of left off, Professor Radikin also kind of disappeared, and she too returns with an interesting contraption, but one that looks more like um like a like a, it's almost kind of like a chemical compound inside of a bag that has like dirt coming out of it. So the bag is starting to like smoke and steam and she's just like holding it like wild eyed with like her hairs all frazzled and uh, yeah she also is kind of in a mode of about to utilize something like Gunderson. Cool. So what would the three of you like to do? I will try to smash that wall like the bunk box, the glass. Okay, now are you trying to do like kick some ass and break open the box or are you trying to magic the, the locking mechanism? So I could do either. I have an ability called the big whammy, which is where I can use uh, my powers to kick some ass. Uh, and I can roll weird instead of tough. Okay, so I guess if you have um, a full success, uh, you could probably just like blow the door uh, open. That's a... Fourteen. Okay, so what what does your magic look like? Is it more of the black lightning, or is it a different manifestation? I think for this case, uh, she's going to walk up to the wall uh, and like make herself like gloves of black energy and just punch the black wall to try to shatter it or the glass nice. wall to, try to shatter it. Very nice. Uh, and and you do so. You you punch the um, kind of like broken side wall that spin was slammed up against and you kind of hit it in the same area uh, with your dark magic punching glove uh, and it just like breaks it enough to where somebody could probably like keep pulling at it to like pull themselves out. I see why you like this. This is pretty fun actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just been casting the spell punch this entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Deandra, you have a uh, a Gene Underwood next to you, uh, Gunderson. You have a fire extinguisher mad contraption. What are you doing? I feel like it's not safe to use this right now. And, and Spin, how much damage have you taken? None. Yeah, so I don't think there's a need for me I do to have, use the I fire have three harm already, but I haven't taken any damage. Oh. Oh, from the last fight. I should have healed one, yeah. you between fights. Asked you if you wanted healing, dude. I Yeah, I said I'm, he you just, know. He just didn't <laughs> want to be a, a burden. I think I'm going to try and magic. I think I'm going to use magic. Okay. My goal, my, I think my goal right now is to inflict harm on it, but we'll see, let's see what I roll. Kia, Fred, I have great news for you. I rolled a 
uh, 14. Okay. Magic, use magic, is one of my advanced skills. Ooh. Absolutely. So you have to offer me some sort of added benefit. And Great. I would like to inflict harm, one harm, ignore me, uh, armor, and it's magic, and it's obvious because it's that <laughs> spectacular. magic. <laughs> Got it. He set, he set the goo gun to uh, blast. Got it. Uh, so, yeah, you use your goo gun, but um, you have been making some tweaks to it. And this time around, it just it hits different. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it blasts and breaks one of the smaller arms as it like pins it backwards onto its body in a very like rough orientation. Like it, his arm is broken and gooed to his side oh. and uh, unusable. It's like I broke his arm and put him in a full Nelson. Yes, exactly. Deandra. So the the person with the book, they're still running, right? They're trying to get out. Uh, yeah, they're they're kind of like slowly going towards the door and, and Gunderson. They are old, it sounds like. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to stand between the, the beastie and this person, and I'm going to uh, try to shoot it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> give it a give it a give it a gunshot. Throw a bullet at it. Has your kick some ass gotten any better since before? Oh no, nope. because I have the negative one to everything. Remember? <laughs> Got it. So I'm at negative two to kick some ass. Hell yeah! Oh boy! And I rolled ten, but minus two is eight. Partially successful, so you do harm it. So yeah, it, your your gun. You know, you are able to actually inflict uh, pain this time around. Uh, and but you also, as the magnum bullet pierces this demon's flesh, uh, you have drawn the ire and attention of it, and it just comes barreling towards you. It grasps you around the neck or tries to as you roll act under pressure. Okay. With nobody <laughs> protecting you this time. Right. Wow, drag me. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a six, but then I get the negative two. Wait, negative, negative one. two. Oh, right, the negative one. Unless your act under pressure, like your stat is a minus one as well. No, my stat is a is a plus one. So it's um so those cancel each other out, so it's just my natural roll. So six. Yes. I got a six. So you actually were unsuccessful. You do gain experience. Yeah. Um the creature grabs you by the neck with its like pincher claws, very akin to like the claw of a crab. It has like one large scythe and one smaller one with like jagged spikes on the inside. It grabs you by the neck and just pins you up against the wall and slams you, and you're taking three points of damage. Okay. And how much were you at full? I was at full, yes. Okay. So I'm at three now. Okay. Nice. Um, and it has you pinned up against the wall. Um, so at this point, you are taking a minus one because of the curse, and you're also taking just a minus one for the circumstance of it pinning you against the wall for okay. any act you try to do this next turn. And yeah, we start fresh. What does everybody do? I'm going to say Radikin goes, um, and Radikin throws this like bubbling bag of chemical onto the creature, um, and it just pops, and there is just this viscous, acidic liquid sludge rolling down the creature's back and it it, it is also pulling its skin with it um, and it kind of just like howls in pain um, and you can see that it created some kind of like chemical mixture, maybe even possibly some kind of mad science. 
Um, and uh, it, it, its turn goes, uh, and then you guys are up. I have a general question because we yeah we've done this a few times now. We fought demons. We've like you know sent them back to the other. Is is this like a Pokemon situation where like we'll be more successful if we weaken it further? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay. And like how we you know how much is it bloodied? How is it blo- I mean, is it looking you know? bad? Yeah. <laughs> You know, if we take into context the fact that Gunderson and you use magic that typically can be used to harm demons, uh, and maybe even spins like ignore armor, uh, and and my punches are magic. Oh, there you go. So you've you've softened this creature up to enough to where if you start like the banishment ritual, like by preparing, you could probably do that, you know, after one round of preparing and then one round of banishment. It doesn't have to be the same person. Um, so one person can set up and the other person can then banish. So yeah, I would like to definitely prepare, but I'm going to holler to spin, like, like get it off Deandra and then we'll yeet this thing back. Because the last time we yeeted a demon and it had one of our buddies, it took I'm gonna prep the banishment uh, with the understanding that I, I'm not gonna trigger it until Deandra is safe. So you're like utilizing the components that Deandra gave you um, and you're hastily kind of like drawing a circle and a symbol on the ground preparing uh, the place of banishment. Uh, spin, Gunderson, Deandra. I want a sample of this thing. Okay, how are you going to procure your sample? I don't know why I have a sudden scientific urge to do this, other than I asked about it earlier. Masculine urge to study demons. No, no, it's not masculine, it's scientific interest. The feminine urge to do (laughs) something. I have a- That's that's where genes are. I have a- I have Oh, it's this academic urge, breaking yeah. out and breaking out in science hives, wielding his hot goo gun. <laughs> speaking speaking of that, I am going to try and get a sample of it with the syringe. Okay, Jean is actually going to provide you a plus one forward to this. Um, she is able to provide you insight on this creature, and says. If you get it underneath the second set of arms, the flesh there is the softest. And one of its sets of second arms is pinned behind its back and the skin is sloughing off of its back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. There are plenty of places for you to plunge your needle. I don't don't, want to do it anymore. And take this sample from a creature as well. I don't want to do it anymore. If you know what I mean. Oh god. This is this demon Gene actually summoned this demon to fuck. <laughs> Gundy oh, wouldn't no, go down please, on it. Please Gundis and save me from this bad demon. It has ha- it has captured me. So uh with the plus one and the uh plus or minus seven for the horror that's happening to my mind right now. <laughs> Psych. Yeah. I got a three. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, so unfortunately, you go towards it and your needle snaps 
uh, no, against I need the. That. Oh well, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I need you know, that. You have extra needles. against the uh, hard carapace body of this demon creature. Do I take any damage for that? Or um, was it? It was it a kick some ass? Yeah, oh, I it? rolled kick some ass. Yeah, because that's. I oh, figured, you did. What, what do you think I rolled? I, I don't know. I like, thought you were just like, science. Like, I got science. I got. I got it. Well, then it would be a seven. But I, I'm gonna be honest because it makes sense that it'd be kick some ass because I'm actually trying to engage yeah, you're it in some to sort like, of... Yes, yeah. correct. As it's like moving and pinning Deandra. So yeah, it actually does act backhand you with a clawed hand and you will take three points of damage. Ow. Did I hear the bit about where it's soft spot? is oh uh, sure um, yeah. yeah okay so what i'm gonna do is i'm going to take my revolver and like plunge it right into its armpit <laughs> and unload no no, okay. no 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 alex you have to do it somewhere else because you get a plus one if you do the opposite of what someone suggested <laughs> <gasps> or is it experience Put it in its mouth <laughs> so i i will give you a plus one for utilizing the information from gene if you do what she said. Actually, I'm kind of terrified for my life right now, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to use a luck oh. <laughs> to get a 12 and do a bunch of damage. Roll okay. first, just in case. Oh, you know, can I do that? Yeah. Can I roll yeah. first? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I don't want to, okay. Yeah. So I won't use that quite yet. I will roll first, and if I fail completely, maybe I will, okay. <laughs> I got a seven. So you're going to use luck. <laughs> I mean, like you, you, you will damage it, but because kick some ass, if you're doing it within close range, it gets a free attack against you. Right. So considering that it is on you now, when you roll it, if you use luck and you use one of the extra benefits of kick some ass, I think there's something like you place it where you want it. So you might right. be able to get away from harming yourself. Okay, so that's what I'm gonna do is I'm going to use the use the luck for a twelve, and so I get one extra effect to. It says suffer one less harm. So I, I would use that, or I would force it to where I want it. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might be suffer one less harm because okay. forcing them where you want it, you'd probably still take the damage, but then get away from it. Right. Um, because like then, if we did it that if we did it the way I said it earlier, it would like make protect someone obsolete, right? Because you could always just move right. away. So yeah, I guess you could do. Well, you have a couple of options. You could do this instead. So your seven will attack it, right? You'll mm -hmm. you'll damage it, but you're going to take a hit. But then you can use a luck point to negate the damage and not take any damage. It's probably better, but you're still kind of pinned by it. So you have a couple of options. Okay, so that's what I'll do. Okay, that's a really great idea. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit it with the seven, but then use the luck point to not take damage yes, afterwards. Yes. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. Okay, so yeah, I will do the damage. Um, Magnum does three. Yep. Yep, so I'm gonna blast in the armpit and like use the luck point to like evade it crushing me somehow. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And like you shoot it in the armpit of the arm that is like pinning you and you weaken it enough to where like the damage is, is it's unable to like clamp its uh, his hand around your neck because you've like severed a muscle that allows it like full control and you have prevented yourself from being harmed because of your luck point. Spin, there is an opening. What do you do? I'll do protect someone. Let's see what we get, baby. 
12. They get to pick two. Technically on a 12, both me and the character I'm protecting are unharmed and out of danger. Then, so the two that I'll pick are, I will inflict harm on the enemy and all impending danger is not focused on me. Okay, so you do harm to it. It releases Deandra. It's got his like arms clamped onto you. You guys are kind of like in this battle struggle and Deandra just like slumps to the ground. Yeah, Deandra's free. It's a great time. Uh, I do two harm messy and magic when I punch it. Okay, it is definitely looking worse for wear. It has, you know, just this huge gaping wound in its armpit from a gunshot wound. Uh, Its back muscles are like showing from the skin that's been uh, uh, melted away. Um, it's it's taken uh, black lightning fire damage. Uh, lots of things have happened to this creature, and it is just like breathing heavily. It's bleeding and is not moving as quickly. But I would like for Spin to act under pressure. Okay, that is a nine. Okay, so that is partially successful. Although you don't take much harm, it has like it has one arm one arm gripped with a claw has your neck gripped with a claw and then a third arm just like grabbing at your clothing um i'm only wearing pants is, and shoes it is grabbing last your pants from the front uh <laughs> where the bulge is and then it's just holding you yeah um okay so then uh at this point radikins is uh kind of like gone again maybe looking for more things to put together um Gene uh, is uh, at Dennis's side, like, oh, thank you so much for saving me, Dennis. And uh, and Spin and, and the creature, they're not in the circle, but they are currently uh, grappling each other. Tangled up, baby. We're in the squared circle. Well, not in the circle, but the squared circle. But the circle is complete. I would like to use magic. Okay. I'm going to roll, because then after I roll, you can't tell me I can't do what I want to do. Ha! <laughs> uh, that's an 11. Uh, wait. Okay, yes, you're successful. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and do one thing that is beyond human limitations. Great. What is that one thing? I would like to use my weird science gun to use it like a portal gun and I want to like connect with the creature and drag it into the circle kind of like a click okay. like a click and drag sort of motion sure <laughs> sure yeah 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 is, is this like your goo gun like are yeah, you I have many settings on it <laughs> okay it's just got called it. the goo gun because that's what it do but it also has science applications mode. I said sure, it to, sure. I said to blast I could set it to stun probably. I can set it to, well, that's goo. I can set it to <laughs> like a portal gun, click it, click it, click it, drag mode. Like a tractor beam? Yeah, like, it's a, like a, yeah. a force yeah, 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 energy. Yeah, 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 Cut and paste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And, and you do so. You are able to manipulate weird science in a way to where you use your gun's energy and it drags both spin and this creature into the circle. It creates a it localized now, gravity well that attracts something toward it. It just also yes, happens to have, the, get spin. The demonic energy, and then it moves them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's moving. Artemisia, Deandra, what do you do? I'm trying to blast this thing back to the other 
But I don't want to do that while he's still got spin. So we need to get spin off of it. Wait, spin already went? or Spin hasn't gone yet, right? Haven't gone yet. Spin can ungrapple. Spin, get the hell out of that circle. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess I will kick ass to get out of the circle. Okay. Do... Ungrapple that monster. Wait, is... Okay, hold on, hold on. Before you continue, Gene has given you a plus one forward on whatever you roll because uh, you're starting to realize that she is very aware of the tactics of this creature uh-huh. and is able to provide you insight as if she was an expert. Oh, wow. <laughs> she's old. Okay. Or, or that was her playbook is that she's the expert. That's true. That's true. All right. All right. I could use magic to fucking do one thing beyond human limitations Ooh. and break free. I like that because we don't see spin typically use you know magic what? either. No, I am gonna use magic. Hell yeah! Okay, and you still get a plus one from jeans. So. You have any weird? Are you weird? I have negative weird? one weird, baby. Why? Just Why? Canceled out. So it's gonna be flat. Just because it's canceled out by the plus one. Yes, so you have zero. <laughs> it's the same thing. I can still roll a seven and succeed, yeah. and that is a ten on the dice. Yeah. A nine as a total, bitch. Well, no, it's a ten because yeah. you have a plus one minus one. Oh yeah, so plus one minus flat. one. That's a ten. I succeed. Which means you, there's no glitch, I too. defy human limitations by... Okay, so he's got me, like, tangled up, right? I'm imagining yeah. he's kind of, like, on his back a little bit, and I'm, like, kind of suspended. And I just kind of, like, force myself, like, feet down, and then just, like... Ah! And all of his arms come with me, and I walk out of the circle. Wait, so you rip off his arms? Oh, yeah, 100%. You... <laughs> I step, I, okay. I like land on the ground, like my feet are on the ground, and then I hear, spin, get out of there. And I go, oh, okay. And I just stand up and like rip. pull his arms off and like walk <laughs> okay. out of the circle. Okay. And you do so, and uh, you, you have two claw arms still grappling you as 100%. you break away. Blood sprays across the room. Artemisia. Here is your chance. Don't fuck it up. (laughs) Don't fuck it up. Uh, Yeah, that's a 13. Plus 14 if Jane's thing. Okay, yeah, so you are successful. And you see uh, Artemisia's eyes go black. Her hair starts to stand up. She starts to crackle with black lightning magic that just uh, kind of uh, crackles across her skin sharp, feral words come out of her mouth as she starts to encant the magic of banishment. Um, And as she does so, the lines on the ground start to glow as the light just crashes out of them. Smoke starts to kind of seep all over this creature. And as the, the encanting kind of goes into this like crescendo, it's like the creature is gone, banished to the other. And you guys are out of combat. So I'm gonna hungry. Try to get the arms off of me. Gunner, you're like, whenever I cast big magic, I have to take the biggest poop afterwards. There's biggest two poop. demons in like 45 <laughs> minutes. I'm starving. Oh, that's true because the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gunnarsson turns the like the the horn from the uh, fire extinguisher on himself and just sprays himself down. 
<laughs> is the is the book and the person with the book safe? Yes. Okay. Are they sticking around or are they running away? No, no, they're sticking around. They're sticking around for okay. Gunderson, yeah. I, I don't know who you are, but thank you for helping me. I appreciate you getting me out of there in time. It is perhaps in our best interest to depart the library and head back to the laboratory. Yeah, I don't feel great. I need a sh- Oh, is this your personal abode, Dennis? I, I would love to go back with you. It sure is! It's my laboratory. is my place of work. I would love to see where you do your work. The campus sexual harassment policy is in effect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave the crab legs on, and I'm going to use those as footrests for Deandra. No, I need those for science. <laughs> <laughs> you will get them when we we get to the lab. Do not suck out their succulent juices. <laughs> it's like eating the crab meat. I will not eat the crab meat. <laughs> does Gunny get advantages on uh, investigating the crab legs? Because if it's been in the sea, he's cut it. Go. Oh, there you go. I bring it to the examination room where I have, you know, things like a hot pot Butter. of water and uh, some some mallets and some crackers and some <laughs> big, big thing of melted butter. butter. <laughs> yes. The six of you make it back to Gunderson's laboratory. You you make it back to uh, your home base and. Uh, the nuggies and the uh, the little nuggies are running around, and uh, Gina's like, "What are these curious creatures, Dennis?" These are my children. Oh, I don't know what it is, but I like a a strong father figure. You shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I was about to say that's how you know the shit works. Don't do that. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> mustard, prepare the examination room. We have work to do. Yes, father, right away. And uh, so Gene, Radikins, the four of you uh, are all there. Gunnarsson obviously is more interested in the mad science of things. Uh, but Gene and, and Radikins start talking and, and the other three of you are kind of there. And, and she goes, uh, Teresa, I, I don't know if it's maybe my fleeting memory, but... The demon that came after me, he took parts of the book, and I'm afraid that he'll be able to find the others. And Therese is like, well, that's not good. Uh, we should get Dennis. I, I, this is very important. We all need to talk about this, because if they're able to find the others, the veil can be in danger. And so Teresa kind of grabs you, Dennis, and the six of you are in this room. And Gene has the book uh, open in front of you and says, well, you see, this book is called the Acadian Accords. It is just as much a history book as it is a book of magic. And what you don't realize is that the passages in here are both spells and also a, well... It talks about the beginning of the times. As you see, the veil was created uh, by the Sumerian Empire to protect us from the monstrosity that was here before us. And, well, a sect of the Empire became 
fascinated and obsessed with these other creatures. And they started eating away at the apertopaic magic, the protective warding magic, as called the veil. And they created the first tear, and the creatures came back. Um, Teresa can probably explain this a lot more than I can, but the demon that came after me, I believe him to be Sargon himself. And unfortunately, if that is the case, we are going to have our hands full. And if the pages he has, he's able to decipher them, he will be able to find the ley lines where our spell slingers uphold the veil. If we are unable to stop Sargon and his demons from finding these spell slingers who protect the veil, he can destroy the veil. And our world as we know it will no longer exist. So he needs this book? Well, there are parts of this book that he does need, but he might have enough already. I'm not sure. Okay, well, I mean, to be safe, we burn it, right? You can't keep going to burning things. Well, I mean, it solves a lot. Look, Deandre, you have to understand that this book is over 6,000 years old. Uh-huh. And the information in here can provide spell slingers the, the power to fight back the demon scourge. <sighs> and We just copy those bits and burn the rest. Well, yeah, I guess uh, in a way she Have does Have you considered putting it on microfiche? I was just like, what if we like put it on a Google Drive? Or you know what? I mean, son, uh, Gundy's got a great voice. He can do an audiobook version of it. Hello, this is Professor oh, Dennis yeah. Gunderson. Oral Traditions. Arcadian yeah. Accords Prologue. Gene perks up for the words of oral traditions. <laughs> I would listen to that by myself. Right. I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> yeah, we can. We can. I, I like the laser fish idea. I like. Uh, I like scanning it in, getting getting some, make it a PDF, be able to copy it, copy paste, send it around. Well, uh, maybe not send it around. Wouldn't that make it easier yeah. for the demons oh, yeah, to right. find it? It's like one of the few times you don't want to open source. Something. It just seems weird yeah. that we would worry about a 6,000 year old copy of a book when we could just make it a more modern version. Yes, we could then burn the rest of it for science. Well, uh, I don't know if it is the way of things or if it is the magic itself, but I don't know if you'll be able to transfer its worth into more modern means. Uh, But we can try. I Obviously, Dennis, you are a master of science and very capable and quite the father i see i wouldn't not believe you'd be able to maybe transfer the magic onto the page at this point gunderson's like been slouching in like an armchair and like a couple of nuggies are like just playing in his lap (laughs) he's just like not paying attention he's got like scratches all across his chest from like this monster they just fought and he's got white foam in like his ear (laughs) And, like, Jean sees this, and, like, this, like, red blush goes across her, like, nose and cheeks. And you can see, like, the freckles pop up with the blush. Like, the top of her blouse is, like, slightly open somehow. Top on the (laughs) Jesus. 
Her best grew three sizes that day. She's like fanning herself with the Acadian Accords book, <laughs> just like carelessly. <laughs> Is it warm in here? Teresa steps up and goes, Well, look, whatever that we plan to do, I believe it is very important that we reach out to all of our resources. It is going to take more than just our group to overcome this demonic scourge and possibly prevent them from destroying our world. So, I don't know if you have any friends or contacts out there, but I think it behooves us to reach out to any hunters out there because this is no longer a Brown Community College event. This has become a world event. And that is where we're going to call it. to say thank you so much for listening to our new geek link project vanguard of the veil if you're interested in learning more about our podcast follow us on twitter at vanguard veil if you want to hear more shows like ours then check out cthulhu and friends and greeting adventurers which is a part of the geekly inc network if you want to follow the people that creates this show you can follow the keeper fred at i think i'm fred professor gunderson is played by matthew at matthew m morris deandra is played by alex at happy puke Spin is played by Josh at Josketh. Artemisia is played by Steph at Steph O. Kingston. Our show is also edited and produced by Kieran at Mr. K underscore Bennett, and all music and sound effects are courtesy of Epidemic Sounds.